to begin. Coming to you from the desert, somewhere in Arizona. It's here. It's here. The Impatient Investor with Andrew Lenoy. It's him. He's alive. If you're looking for new ways to generate wealth and passive income, you're in the right place. You want it all, don't you? You're in the right place. This is the podcast for those wanting to take control and gain freedom through alternative investments. If you're following your mom and dad's investment advice. Honey, I'm home. Yeah, this isn't the podcast for you. Do you know what time it is? Why, yes. Yes, I do. I know what you're thinking. This is going to be unbelievable. It's time for The Impatient Investor with Andrew Lenoy. Andrew Lenoy. Hey, everyone. Today, I had a great interview with John McGregor. John has been a leader and innovator in the financial services industry for over 25 years and you can tell, guys, just from this interview, he's so passionate about helping people and makes it easy to understand how to live a financially secure life if you have the right mindset and process in place. Enjoy. Hey, John. So so glad to have you on the show and uh, welcome. How are you doing? Oh, it's great to be here, Andrew. Thanks so much. It's an honor. Absolutely. So maybe just to get to get things started for those who don't know your your name, you've been, you've been on some pretty high profile podcast and, and we'll talk about the book in a little bit um, and you know this message that you're spreading but maybe give give people just a, a little background about yourself and how you got into the financial planning uh, side of things. Absolutely and thanks. So I've been in the industry gosh going on I can't even believe this now 27 years and I think I've I think I've circled the globe in the industry. I started off as a financial advisor and I grew a big practice with a major Wall Street firm. And my goal was to climb the corporate ladder like my dad. He was a CEO of a bank. And I went the investment route and um, ultimately left uh, my planning practice to, uh, to do institu institutional money management for a large asset management firm. I was covering the Western half of the country, dealing with ultra high net worth people and pensions and so forth and endowments. And then I was recruited to be a national sales manager and then ultimately a national retirement director. And throughout my career, probably two thirds of my career, I spent a considerable amount of time training other financial adv advisors across the country. And as I climbed that corporate ladder, the more miserable I got. And uh, so I realized that wasn't really my passion. And then I left it all to really pursue what I wanted to do, which is, which is really transforming people's relationship with money. And uh, we can talk about the epidemic that's happening right now in, in America and the world, and it's not being addressed by Wall Street or the financial industry that I came from. The school system has ignored this problem. And then you've got social media compounding the effect and, and just a lot of people are suffering and they don't know what to do. And so that's, that's, my, that's my mission. Yeah, that's great. And so one, one of the things that you've mentioned before, you're talking about you know, the difference between the rich and let's just say anyone else. And, you know, everyone has problems, right? You were just talking about climbing the corporate ladder and, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I can relate to that. I had, you know, worked at a big talent agency for years and kind of had the golden handcuffs. Right. And what, why do you think, um, why do you think the financial planning, whether you're, you know, whether you're, you're a wealthy person or you're not is, is such a, such an epidemic in, in this country. Yeah, well, first of all, it was completely ignored in our school system, right? 
I mean, I took a home economics course in the seventh grade. I learned how to make chili and sew a pillow. There's nothing about uh, credit scores or budgeting or anything like that. So people are just set off into the world to figure out this thing on their own. And when you, when you factor how important money is in our life, whether you like it or not, I mean, it's interwoven in everything and it's completely ignored. I think it's criminal what's happening there. So you have that factor that, that's going on. And then the financial industry, the industry that's, quote, put in charge to help everybody, isn't really focused on helping those people without money. They're really focused on helping those with money. And all they want to do is sell a financial product. And given the, the, the challenges that people are facing today, especially today because of COVID, a financial product is not what people need right now. They need, they need handholding. They need guidance. They need mentorship. And, uh, and we can get into that. But, but here's the deeper problem. You know, money, money is the number one cause of stress in people's lives, right? I mean, every research study will tell you money is the root cause of our stress and anxiety. And stress is the leading cause of our most deadly diseases and health ailments. So this issue, issue isn't just about paying your bills at the end of the month. This is a health crisis. And when you think about what stress does and wears on, wears on you, and, and, and again, this isn't just one-time stress where you, where you get cut off in traffic or you're late for a meeting. This is prolonged stress that stays with people 24-7 every single day, every moment of, the, of their life. And our bodies are, are, are at the cellular level. We're not designed to handle this kind of prolonged stress. That's why at the cellular level, our cells break down and cause these diseases. So this stress leads to high blood pressure, anxiety, depression, um, uh, insomnia, uh, cirrhosis, uh, cancer, lung ailments, divorce. I mean, you name it. And this, this money crisis, that's why I call this crisis the biggest epidemic, bigger than all diseases combined. And it's being completely ignored. And, 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 and now with COVID, it's even compounded. And this issue, to your earlier point, this isn't about people that are making low income salaries versus the high net worth salaries, because I've seen it in all spectrums. Whether you're making this, you're spending this. If you're making this, you're spending this. So this is affecting the rich and the poor alike. And, um, and that's, that's, what, that's what my book is really about. And that's what my online program is about. And that's what we're doing. So, so. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I couldn't agree more. This, you know, the, it all starts early on in the school systems, which really, it's, they're just horrible. They, they really set you up to fail. I mean, I, I yeah. think I took those same um, classes that you took, right? And certainly never about balancing a budget really or about, let, you know, what, what going into debt is or, right. um, you know, the call, the college student loan crisis. I mean, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a, that's another one. So really mm -hmm. you, you would say there's a, uh, there's a correlation, um, with financial, it's, it's almost like people don't understand the relationship they have with, with money. Would that be accurate? No question about it. And, and I think that's, that's the heart of this issue. And when I say people have an unhealthy relationship with money. What I mean is, is that people are using money to dull their pain. They're not using money to fulfill their purpose. That's the difference. That's the heart of this. And, and that's what we uncover in the book. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And maybe talk a little bit about the book. It's the book. It's uh, the rich go broke. Um, and maybe just give some, some bullet points from, sure. from, from the book. Sure. Um, you know, for years, I had this idea of a book and, and it just turned out to be every other financial book on the shelf, what to do, what not to do with your money. And, 
And I was uh, actually in Robert Kiyosaki's, uh, you know, the rich dad, poor dad um, author is very, very close friend of mine. I was in his kitchen and, and I would, I'd always share with him these stories of these ultra high net worth individuals that had everything and then lost it all. And that's when he planted the idea in my head. He says, John, you got to write that book. And, and so this was really Robert's, Robert's idea. And then I just ran with it. So the book is 10 alluring stories of very wealthy people that I knew firsthand that lost it all. And, and so the overarching theme of this, Andrew, is, you know, learning from people's successes is smart, but learning from people's mistakes is genius. And so we get, we get really deep into the stories of why these people, emotional stories of why these people just managed to lose everything. And we can talk about some of those things. And I know you've covered that before in your, in your podcast, but although it's about the rich, it's really about why all people suffer financially, why so many people go broke or stay broke or are unable to escape the rat race. And, and what's interesting and sad in the same sense, in the same sentence is that when I started this a few years ago, Andrew, there's 73% of people in the U.S. were living paycheck to paycheck. Fast forward to today, it's 78% are living paycheck to paycheck. And that's before COVID. So the statistics are probably even worse now. And that's despite all the information that's available to people at their fingertips for free. I mean, you could just Google how to get my financial life in order, and you'll have a plethora of free information to tap into. So this isn't a, what I realize is that this isn't an information issue. This is a behavioral issue. And, 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 and in order to overcome your behaviors around money, you have to get to the mental core of your mental programming. That's the only way you're going to change these behaviors. And a lot of this, I mean, I think, I feel like folks are just set up to to fail in a lot of cases too. I think the numbers, um, I, I didn't realize it was that high of a percentage, but I do know that the last uh, data we saw was something like uh, 50% of wage earners in the country are making less than $31,000. And, you know, that's why we're so passionate about affordable housing. It's because, yep. you know, you're, you're making, you're bringing, you're bringing home, making $27,000 a year and you're bringing home $23,000. Like that doesn't buy you a lot for housing, right? Um, and maybe on a, another point that you had made, maybe talk about um, maybe maybe a habit that someone can create. Um, you know, I don't want to give the book away, certainly, but you know, what what's a what's a good habit that someone can um, can utilize to have a better relationship with with money? Yeah, great question. I think it starts at the heart of why people are suffering, and what we've what we've discovered with endless research. And by the way. Um, my, my business partner, who I work closely with, uh, named J.W. Wilson, he's the executive director of the Learning Code Institute. He's a thought leader in the field of neuroscience. And so what we basically have done is blended neuroscience and practical financial guidance into one. And, and I think that's why this has been so well received. And what we determined, Andrew, is that the number one cause of why so many people are struggling is deep-rooted, harmful, and destructive beliefs that are running in their subconscious. These beliefs they have around money. And, and they're buried in your subconscious. And your subconscious basically controls 95% of how you act, what you think, what you do, and ultimately who you become. And so I always say, change your beliefs and you'll change your life forever. So for example, many people carry these beliefs. And again, they're running like a computer processor in the background on autopilot and people don't even realize it's happening. So um, you covered this in one of your podcasts. 
you know, the, the arrogance of so many people, right, um, is a huge reason why people suffer financially. But more specifically, it's I'll never be rich. Uh, the system's rigged. Um, it's too complicated. I don't have time. I never grew up with money. Um, all these beliefs that people believe, these are simply opinions, if not lies, that they're telling themselves, but they're dictating their financial behaviors and, the, and, and individuals can't control it. I mean, I just heard a story the other day where uh, a, a grandmother or a mother and her daughter were walking, walking past an office and on the front it said, wealth management advisory firm. And the mother said to the, to the daughter, wow, we'll never need them. And so it's just instilling into this young child's mind this, this, this thought pattern that they're going to be broke or poor for the rest of your lives. And when you consider, research will tell us that by the time people are seven years old, much of those beliefs are codified at seven, certainly by the time they're in their mid-20s. So those beliefs are hardwired, and this is what's driving people to make really bad decisions with their life. So the, you know the big one is keeping up with the Joneses. I've got to I've got to wear those clothes. I've got to drive that car. I've got to have that the, the newest iPhone. Um, and this this is just lies people are telling themselves, and it's and it's driving them into a financial hole. Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, so as we're sitting here talking, it's quarter one of 2021. So we're slowly getting to the other side of coronavirus and COVID. Um, maybe the first thing is, what are some of the impacts do you think that's going to have um, on just kind of the everyday person or in the economy? There's, you know, the, the stats are overwhelming, the jobless claims, the, um, I think uh, our mutual friend Ken McElroy had said something to the effect of in May of last year, there was a massive percentage of retail locations that had stopped paying their bills. So we talk about all these things. I don't think all the numbers are out yet. But you know what? What's your what's your take on what happened last year and the impact that that's going to have on the economy? I think there's so many ramifications that we haven't even seen yet, Andrew. I mean, from a psychological standpoint, how how this is going to affect our kids that have been out of school, not being able to interact with their friends and so forth, and and now the addiction to social media because they're stuck at home. I, I think I think this this the, the way it was handled, I think, is just going to ravage the fabric of our society. Now, having said that. I'm very concerned about the future of the economy. I think short term, it's going to be okay because the Fed's going to pump so much money, so much monopoly money um, into this system. And it's, it's it, I, I sometimes say you can't bet against the Fed, but I think ultimately it's going to come to roost and, and this party is going to end and it's going to end poorly. Um, we're already seeing significant inflation signs. I mean, if, if we saw a gradual rise in interest rates, I mean, that would be a good thing. That would show good long-term growth. But but we've seen the 10-year treasury uh, more than double in the last, what, six to eight weeks? And, and so that's concerning me. And we saw a, mark, a sell-off in the market today based on Powell's comments. So I'm very concerned long-term. And I, I, you know, like you said about Kenny McElroy, we both agree in the housing market that um, I think later this year and early 2022, I think we're in, we could be in some serious pain. And, and, uh, and then when you look at it from my world, you know, traditionally in financial planning, there's the three-legged stool. You've got the uh, you, you've got the government uh, retirement plan, which is Social Security, and that's due to be go bankrupt in 2034, right? That's right. 13 years, and yep. the insurance behind that. The P, uh, oh, excuse me. Then you have the private 
private pension systems, those are severely underfunded and even more underfunded because fixed income bond yields are so low that these fund managers had to go on to take on these extravagant investments, you know, the hedge funds and the alternative investments, and those are getting crushed. And then you have, and then the third part of the legged stool is personal savings. And when you consider that 64, 65% of, of, of people in the U.S. couldn't come up with $500 for an emergency expense, I mean, that's no longer a three-legged stool. That's like a whoopee cushion, you know, yeah. that's set to go off. And it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's yeah. scaring me to death. And um, so I guess the, the answer for people is, is they got to, they got to get proactive and start figuring out how to generate income on their own, um, how to generate cash flow. And I know you talk a lot about that, but they, people can no longer be relying on somebody else or some other entity to, to, to get them through this. They've got to, they've got to get proactive on their own. Yeah. And we talk about multiple streams of income all the time and just how, how powerful that is that someone, you know, the, the days of the pensions and things like that are for the most part out the window and, yep. you know, someone's working for a big corporation and, you know, we have a shift like this or COVID or something. And all of a sudden their one source of income is gone without a pension. Uh, in some cases, uh, you know, my friends that are all in the, the, the entertainment business and concerts yep. and sports and things like that, you know, that, that's all going to come back to some degree. No one really knows how, how much that will come back. But, you know, that was 12 months of, I think, Live Nation, who's the, you know, global um, promoter had said that they lost something like 97% of their revenue. And that's, you know, billions and billions of dollars. I mean, just unbelievable what happened. Yeah. Um, I also, I didn't fact check this, but I saw something uh, within the last day or so that said something to the effect of that. I think it was 40% of the total printed money um, from the government uh, had come just through COVID, right? So it's that, it's like we're gaining so much momentum on that side of the, the, the government printing money, which yeah. is, I'm sure, going to lead to hyperinflation. I mean, we're already seeing it, that yep. that salaries haven't kept up with expenses, right? And so now in our, in our world, it's not uncommon for uh, mom and dad to both have two jobs and they're barely keeping ends meet because of, you know, a gallon of milk is, you know, costs $13 now, not really, but, you know, five years from now, maybe, maybe it will. So, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting to see. And you, you also talk about um, some key principles to achieve financial freedom. I know there's a lot there. I think there were 17. Um, maybe, just, maybe just talk about one or two that you think are, are, are pretty important. Yeah, from a practical standpoint. Now, my, this book and my second book coming out is really about changing your mindset around money. So you have a different relationship as we talked about. But just some immediate things people can do. I've noticed in my financial planning career, working with probably thousands of individuals, they typically come to me with a junk drawer of financial products and services and contracts and statements. Most of the time, half the information is missing. So I've, I've clearly seen uh, and witnessed firsthand, there is a direct correlation between financial disorganization and financial devastation. So getting your, your financial life in order and organized is, I think, a first step for anybody because most people are not. They don't know where anything is. And, and there's, a, there's a download on my website that people could use as a guide to help them do that. So I think that's a key thing that people can do. And plus, when you're organized, it does give you peace of mind. It takes a lot of stress off your shoulders. Even though you're struggling financially, being organized can, can be a big step in, that, uh, in, in lowering that stress level. 
That's great. The one thing that uh, really, really caught my attention about the book, so it's the top 10 reasons the rich go broke. You know, as, as investors and entrepreneurs, yep, we're always looking for we're always looking for um, lessons, right? Whether it's whether it's a failed company or whether it's whatever it is, we're, we're all, always looking for takeaways. So I feel like this book is is almost like you're, it's a shortcut to um, just like you said, it was ten stories of, of of families or people that literally were on top of the world and 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 went through the ringer. So, um, what kind of prompted you to to, to write this? Um, well, again, I was talking to Robert and he was the one that said, Hey, you know, you've got all these stories, I think. And he, and Robert's a big proponent of learning from your mistakes, right? I mean, Robert talks extensively about that. And so it just sort of just morphed into this book about why people go broke. And although it's about rich people, it's really about, it's really for anybody. And, and my goal was to drill down and find the source or the, the, the reason that people go broke. And what we realized, what I realized is that Although these are 10 completely different, very emotional stories, there is a commonality amongst all 10 of these of why they all went broke. And we call it the bear trap. And it's an acronym. And the B stands for your beliefs around money. We talked about that earlier. Most people have harmful beliefs around money. Then when you have that harmful belief, let's say, I've got to keep up with the Joneses, that leads to the excuse, right? So you have that belief, I got to keep up with the Joneses. Your excuse is, well, I got to get that new Beamer to look the part for my job, right? So they take the action. They, and then the A is the action where they finance this vehicle at you know, crazy interest rates. Now they got a $1,000 a month extra payment. And then the result is just continuing to live paycheck to paycheck, never being able to escape the rat race. So if people can start challenging their beliefs around money, and I, I take them through an exercise where I just say, you know, list all your beliefs you have around money and then go through each one and ask yourself, where did that belief come from? You know, uh, the system's rigged. It's too complicated. I'm not good at math. I don't have time. I got to keep up with the Joneses. It's only $50 extra on my credit card. I'll list all those beliefs down and then go through each one and ask yourself, where did it come from or who did it come from? And you'll start to realize that those beliefs potentially came from people that really weren't looking after you, weren't in, in your best interest, or came from some outside source or social media or television or what have you. Then ask yourself, is that belief, is that particular belief 100% true? So you're, you're just challenging these beliefs that you have that have been running your life incessantly into the hole, into the hole. And then lastly, you'd ask yourself, for each one of these beliefs, what would your life be like without it? So it, it, it's really a, 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 an exercise or an activity of just self-awareness to help you hope you can start looking at the other side of the coin and not just staying so rigid on that one side of the coin that you have been for so long. I hope that helps. Yep. That's great. And I hope, I hope everyone goes, goes to pick up a copy of the book. We'll, we'll leave a link in the Oh, show notes of where to where to pick that up. I guess just kind of closing this out, John. I mean, what what's the best place for people to to find you at these days? Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, I'm on social media, but I, I think the best way to to find me is uh, just on my website, and that's uh, John MacGregor, and that's M A C G R E G O R dot net. And there there you'll find I've got a lot of free resources that people can can you can download immediately and really start their journey to financial freedom. 
right away. Um, I've got uh, links to my social media as well as to my YouTube channel, which would be another place to, to get a lot of good content. So, yeah. Great. Well, I appreciate you spending the time today and uh, everyone have a, have a great day and go check out this book. It's been an honor, Andrew. Thank you so much. Thanks, John. Take care. This was The Impatient Investor with Andrew Lenoy. You'd do it again if you thought you could get away with it, wouldn't you? Visit theimpatientinvestor.com for more episodes and be sure to share this podcast. Now, don't tell me you're taking all this seriously. No, seriously. Seriously. Go share it and rate it on iTunes today. Seriously.